Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Today's episode begins with an opening story from Ali Alquiza via our new segment, Soul Stories. Be sure to add this episode to your listening queue, but in the meantime, here's a soundbite from Ali. My name is Ali Alquiza. I work as a brand strategy and marketing consultant for mission-driven, often female-led brands. Something that recently made me slow down and stop scrolling at a time where it feels like we're taking in more information than ever with everything going on is a simple, beautiful poem by Kitty O'Meara. For me, as a native New Yorker who thrives on the pace of this city, I really am realizing how much we may have been missing out on while going at that pace. During such an unknown time, the poem made me feel like there could be a purpose to all of this, this moment that we're living. Since first seeing it, I've gone back to read it over and over, and I plan on keeping it around as a reminder when we get back to our old lives and crazy pace. I'd love to share it here, as it's short, and I hope it gives you a bit of comfort too. And the people stayed home, and read books, and listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently, and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. Thank you so much again to Ali for sharing. Again, the poem she read is by Kitty O'Meara. Now here's my interview with Ariel Kay of Parachute. Ariel Kay understands that home is where the heart is. As the founder and CEO of Parachute, a modern bedding and bath essentials brand, she is committed to creating space for moments of self-care to happen in the spaces that matter most to us. The brand's storytelling-driven approach has inspired a loyal community who also values the importance of making space to enjoy the simpler moments life has to offer. And while the road to building Parachute hasn't always been simple itself, Ariel maintains that quality and focus are the key pillars that have continued to propel her forward on her entrepreneurial journey. Today's interview features more from Ariel, who graciously dove deeper into Parachute's thoughtful brand storytelling approach and shared some of her personal insights on the importance of slowing down at key times, both personally and professionally. There's a lot to cover, so without further delay, enjoy my conversation with the brilliant Ariel Kay of Parachute. Outside of Parachute, um, I, well, I'm a mother. So that's my most recent title. Um, and I certainly spend a lot of time uh, wearing that 
mother hat um, outside of work um, and on the weekends. But, you know, for me, um, I like to spend my time you know, with friends and family. I mean, I'm pretty simple when it comes down to the things that really bring me true joy. And that's connecting with those that I love and being outside and having long meals and um, taking care of myself um, so that I can show up you know, as the best version of myself, both um, in and outside of work. Absolutely. And in this day and age, there's such a fine line between personal and professional identity. So that all sounds very on brand for you and prepare a shoot. But even before you started the brand, I'd love to have you talk about your first professional life, which was in PR and advertising and what lessons you've learned and how you've carried them with you, along with some things that you've also rejected or want to change in your work with Parachute now. So, you know, the first job out of college, your first kind of stint as a trying to figure out what your professional career is going to look like out of college is, you know, sort of a... Um, a head spin. I mean, there's, you know, there's so much learning, um, so much growing up, so much development, uh, so much development. Um, but you know, for me, what I found during my time as a publicist and working at PR agencies was really, uh, it reaffirmed my love of storytelling, um, and creating compelling narratives for brands and for people and, um, and, and really building relationships, whether it was other editors and journalists or with a customer. So, you know, those are certainly lessons that have become, you know, are, have continued to be really applicable to my life as a founder. Um, and I would say, you know, the things that I, I did not take along with me um, really were the cultures of those of work environments. Um, they were pretty harsh, um, not very collaborative. Uh, there was a narrative about, you know, being replaceable and, um, you know, that work was all that mattered. And, you know, certainly the way that I've built my company, um, and the parachute culture, um, has really been the, the opposite of that. Yeah. I can imagine, especially in an industry like PR, that's so dependent on pace, establishing a healthy culture is huge. And I think collectively we're seeing this shift in how we sort of form our relationships with our professional lives and, we're all kind of just yearning for the opportunity to slow down. So do you feel that pace was sort of your push to create a brand that encompassed more thoughtful or slower values? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we are a fast growing company and, um, you know, people join, I think, many startups because they want that fast pace. They want that hustle. They want to be part of building something. They want challenges and opportunities and they want to see growth and they want to be out of pace that is fast. Um, they want to be nimble and flexible and, um, and to learn on the go and to continue to grow and be creative and curious and, um, and put out fires because it's fun. Um, (laughs) so, you know, I, I would say that I think that that's, um, also part of our culture. You know, I, um, you know, when I'm at work, I like to move. I like to get things done. I don't want to be a roadblock. You know, I want to be part of the vision and part of the story and part of the growth. But, you know, I want to, I want us to get from point A to point B at a pace that, um, that sometimes is fast. Um, but at the same time, yes, you know, I think that valuing, um, process and, um, and how, you know, people work most effectively together, um, 
you know, it also requires um, patience and focus and time. And so um, I would say we operate kind of in a, a world of both. Yeah, I think you need to. But what I think has really resonated for me personally when I look at Parachute is how much intention seems to be at the forefront of every pillar of the entire brand experience. So on that note, let's backtrack a bit. I'd love for you to walk us through the process of building and evolving Parachute and how you've learned to walk that fine line between constantly innovating while still maintaining that intentionality. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think for me, you know, my background first in PR and then in advertising, you know, I really have always believed um, in a few different things. One, that quality is of the most importance when it comes to a physical product. You know, for us, you know, we love that people come and shop, but really what matters most is that people come back and shop again. And so that happens through a quality product. Um, we also, you know, I set out to build a brand that had a unique aesthetic um, that was authentic to who we were and different from what was in the marketplace. And so having a real focus around um, who we are and maintaining that focus as we evolve and iterate and, you know, become more than just, you know, a bedding brand to really a home brand, um, you know, maintaining that consistency um, has been really important. And so, you know, I think those two things um, are really central to everything that we do. Um, and, you know, then how we then in turn that into the way that we communicate with customers and connect with customers and inspire and educate. Um, but really, you know, it, it's about focus and being, being really aware of who we are and where we want to be and, and staying along that path. And so, you know, of course we're iterating and we're evolving and we want to grow with our customer, but we still want to make sure that everything we do is uniquely parachute. Definitely. And I think on the subject of quality and focus, these are things that I'm also championing in my own work as a content focused service provider, which is a big part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast and this project. I think now there's a real challenge in so many saturated markets and with all these platforms and brands are really just looking to find a balance in utilizing them to tell stories and create content that is in service of their big picture values as a brand, but doing it enough so that they actually cut through the noise. And as a result of all of this, a lot more conscious brand builders are leaning into a more thoughtful approach or in other words, the slow content movement. And since content is such a huge part of Parachute's brand DNA, I'm curious what this idea means to you and what you're currently building now. I mean, I think we approach content and I do think, you know, the slow content movement is something that resonates. Um, you know, again, it, it, it really comes back to focus and quality. So, you know, when we think about the content that we're creating um, and the way that we're communicating with our customers, there's a few different lenses that we're, we're looking to, you know, go through. So whether it's, you know, we want to educate our customers so that they can purchase with confidence. We want to inspire our customers. We want to create a deeper relationship and connection with our customers. Um, you know, we, we make sure that we are creating content that really adds value um, and is seen as helpful and beneficial while also respecting our customer's mailbox. You know, I think we see so many brands, especially in our category, um, communicate with their customers at such a frequency that it becomes so overwhelming. Um, and we look at ourselves as a brand, you know, we want to be, we want to be in communication. We want to be 
you know, relevant and um, we want to be there when you're thinking about these purchases, but we also don't want to overwhelm. Um, and so it's constantly a fine line of, you know, deciding what is the right amount, what's too much, what's not enough, um, and how do we maneuver through um, what has become a really loud, and noisy, and overwhelming um just uh, world um, when it comes to content and the way that brands are engaging with with people. Yeah. And since you guys were one of the earlier sort of content-led lifestyle brands, would you say there's been one element to your approach that's changed the most in terms of how you build out these narratives versus when you first started telling these stories? I'm not sure if there's one thing that's really changed, but you know, we definitely we love to test and learn and we love to listen to our customers. So we're, we're, you know, requesting and welcoming feedback, um, whether it's product or content focused. And, you know, we want to keep growing and evolving as, you know, our, our messaging channels, you know, kind of evolve and change. And, um, you know, we're thinking about, you know, what the right way and cadence and communication strategies are across all channels um, as they evolve. Um, But really, I mean, you know, we are our customer too. So I think, you know, we try to make sure that we're, um, you know, we're doing things that we would also want to be on the receiving end for. And so that's also really important, you know, Um, it's easy to drink your own Kool-Aid, but to take a step back and say, hey, you know, how does this make me feel? And um, you know, do I, would I want this to pop up in my inbox? I think can be really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And have there been any unexpected narratives that have arisen out of this feedback that you didn't expect to address initially? You know, funny enough, most of the time we hear from our customers that they are open to more, um, Hmm. communication from us and more frequency. So I think that's something that we, um, are kind of playing around with. What does that mean? Um, you know, is that something we're comfortable with? You know, what would that look like? Is it more segmentation? Is it like more, um, personalization? You know, how do we, um, how do we maintain our belief that, you know, quality over quantity, um, but still, you know, grow, drive a growing business. For sure. And on that note, it would be great too if you could walk us through how you approach storytelling via parachutes, different channels, social versus the blog versus email, and how you differentiate the content in a way that is in service of those different audiences. Sure. I mean, I think one of the most important things that you can do is to really understand who's on the receiving end um, of any channel that you're working with. So, um, you know, our our email, our email list, you know, has a, is a different, um, makeup of people than our Instagram channel, for example. Um, that's not to say that we want to be different brands or, you know, have a different, um, communication style entirely. Um, our head of marketing used an analogy the other day that, you know, we can be different color luggage, but we should be from the same like luggage set, if that makes sense. Um, so, you know, we're, we want there to be a through line and consistency across how we're talking to people, um, no matter what channel we're, we're using, but at the same time, we do want to customize and think about, you know, what, what are people, why are people visiting our blog? Um, why are people visiting our Instagram and, you know, 
and what are they looking to get? So, you know, someone that's coming to the blog is perhaps looking for a bigger story and, you know, more information about our linen fabrics and how they're made and, you know, the rich history of linen and, um, and, or perhaps they're looking to, you know, read a bedtime routine from someone um, that they inspire that, you know, they're interested in learning more about, um, you know, whereas someone's coming to our Instagram for inspiration and to see our products in many different rooms and to, you know, see the way that a white sheet will look with a gray quilt. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's different reasons to um, prioritize different storytelling strategies and, and different content, um, depending on what channel you're in, simply because of the form factor and the way that people's attention spans are um, with each different type of channel. Yeah. And collectively, it seems that Parachute was almost ahead of its time when it comes into leaning into this universal self-care moment that we're all engaging with in some form. And so I'm wondering how you use the brand's very strong storytelling approach to be part of that conversation around enjoying these simpler moments at home, especially in 2020. Well, that's, you know, central to everything we do. Um, you know, I, when I was really just getting started, you know, part of what inspired me to start Parachute was, you know, realizing that there had never been a brand that had asked its customers or a betting brand, for example, like how they slept at night. Like there was just this amazing opportunity to, um, to merge, you know, this passion that I had for home and design and, you know, taking care of yourself and getting a good night's sleep. And, um, and so, you know, we're thinking about comfort and, um, and how to, you know, start and end your day feeling your very best, um, in terms of everything that we do. So that's really, you know, central to it all. Um, you know, we do know that your home should be a place that nurtures you and take care of, takes care of you and a place that you, um, you know, feel safe and, and can relax and unwind and, 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 and then refresh and become energized and start your day. So, um, you know, it is, it's kind of the, the through line in many ways of, you know, everything that we do and, and making sure that, and so it comes across, well, I hope it comes across pretty clearly and, and loudly that that's, um, that's what we're all about. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's really why we design the products we design and, and then, you know, it's, it's a big part of how we talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much to talk about with themes like self-care and sleep. Sleep is so important, you know, and that's only a part of what we talk about, but, you know, it, it is such a critical part of your health and your happiness and your productivity and your success. And, um, and so, you know, we really do believe that, you know, a good night's sleep can have a, a profound impact on your quality of life. And so it's something that, you know, really inspires us. And, you know, when we hear from our customers that they've had the best night of sleep they've ever had in their parachute sheets, I mean, there's like truly nothing more rewarding. And, you know, I think like the biggest thing, you know, that, that we believe and we hear is, is really disconnecting, um, and, and technology being a, a big, uh, disruptor of, of good sleep. Digital wellness is so important. And I think if we're able to truly disconnect and slow down and unplug, then we're also giving ourselves more flexibility and headspace to be able to have more authentic conversations later and ask important questions of others and ourselves that we might not normally take the time to do or have the energy to do in the first place. So with that in mind, I'm wondering if there's any one question that you hope people start asking you more often. 
You know, I really, I appreciate your, you know, introductory question. You know, I think it's so, you know, we, we kind of, we get bucketed into these categories of founder or entrepreneur, you know, and, and it's, I think it's so important to, um, to think about someone as a, a whole person, um, not just their professional um, career or their personal life. Um, but I do think that it's really um, interesting to, to learn about, you know, what makes people happy um, beyond, you know, what they do every day from nine to however late they choose to work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a good thing to talk about, you know, what, how you become a, what, what makes you whole. Yeah, for sure. There's always more to someone's story. And as a follow-up to this, do you think you'll pose a particular question in a similar vein to Parachute's community in the coming months? That's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, we are always, um, well, we tend to, you know, start off the year um, with a, you know, a new note and, you know, things that we're looking forward to. And, um you know, with, um, with our growing retail footprint, you know, I think one of the things that we're most excited about, um, is just connecting more in person with our community. Um, and so, you know, I guess the question that I would, um, pose is just, you know, what do you want to see more of in terms of these real offline interactions and, and events and, and things that we are doing, um, to, to foster a deeper connection? Totally. And I think this literal slowdown or recalibration of how we view content has presented a really big opportunity to tell stories and connect in a much deeper way in actual physical settings. And that in itself could be a whole other conversation. But for the purposes of this interview, I want to close things out by asking you one final question that's become pretty central to each of these conversations. And that is, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I actually have a book coming out in a few weeks, um, and it's called How to Make a House a Home. But the, the idea is how to create purposeful personal space. Um, and your question just immediately made me go to that idea of, um, of personal, personal space and, and just, uh, or purposeful personal space and, and living, um, with intention and creating intentional spaces. And I think that to be honest, slowing down, giving yourself space to breathe, to think, to process, to be creative, to be curious, um, will just help us be better humans. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's, there's, there is a lot of pressure to go fast and to go, 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 um, and to have this, you know, instant gratification. But I do think that there is a tremendous benefit to taking pause and to letting yourself feel and process and think about how things impact you and affect you and your relationships and your work. And, um, I think there's a lot of growth that can happen through that time and being intentional about that. That was my conversation with Ariel K of Parachute. You can follow Ariel on Instagram at Ariel K and at Parachute Home. And don't forget to visit Parachute Home to shop and discover all things interior. Thank you as always for listening and stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.